Hello, I'm Rob, and welcome to this week's edition of the Black Country Talking News for the 26th of April, 2023. Hello and welcome to the Black Country Talking News, brought to you by the sight loss charity Beacons. We're pleased to confirm that the Talking News is now available via Alexa. Once you've enabled the Talking Newspapers skill, all you need to do is play Talking Newspapers and ask for the Black Country Talking News. Our Talking News service is also available via the free Wireless for the Blind app. It can be found on the Beacon Centre website www.beaconvision.org forward slash talking dash news. As a podcast via services such as Apple or Spotify or as a free CD, simply contact Beacon Centre on 01902 we hope you enjoy this week's edition. Reading this week, we have myself Rob, Christine, Angela, Liz, Ian, Helen, Mina, Simon, and of course not forgetting, Flashback Roger. In this week's edition we have Local News for the Black Country, an update from Beacon, including the Lifestyle Newsletter for May, the Quiz of Mina, the latest news from Wolves and West Bromwich Albion, a Did You Know section for Flashback Roger, the Web for the Week Ahead, and with King Charles I's coronation now only a couple of weeks away, we have a feature article sharing information of the event and some special plans for children experiencing sight loss. Local news to start though, and we have a feature from the Electoral Services at Wolverhampton Council, detailing the changes and support that will be available at polling stations for the forthcoming elections in May. Hello, I'm Chris Lightwood, Electoral Services Apprentice at the City of Wolverhampton Council. And I'm Laura Noonan, Electoral Services Manager. We're going to tell you about the elections taking place in May and the improvements we are making in polling stations to ensure that people affected by sight loss are aware of the support available to help make your mark on the ballot paper. We will also cover the voting options available to you and the deadline dates to apply for postal and proxy votes. On Thursday the 4th of May 2023, there will be local elections taking place in Wolverhampton, where all 60 councillor seats are up for election, following the local government boundary review. And these elections are also the first elections to be held under the new measures that have been brought in by the Election Act, which introduces the requirement to show photo ID in a polling station and to also make polling stations more accessible for people with disabilities. So to vote in a polling station, you will now need to bring an acceptable form of ID, such as a passport or driving licence. If you do not have an acceptable form of ID, you can apply for a free voter ID document known as a voter authority certificate. If you need assistance applying for a voter authority certificate in person, there are daily drop-in sessions taking place at Wolverhampton Civic Centre between 10am and 3pm on weekdays. And a full list of acceptable ID and further information about applying for a voter authority certificate can be found on our website at www.wolverhampton.gov.uk forward slash elections. If you choose to vote in person at the polling station, there's a range of support available to you. All of the key signage in the polling station will now be printed on a yellow background, black text to make it more accessible. The slot on the ballot paper will have white stickers around it to make it more visible. 
You can also request additional lighting from polling staff. If you have difficulty completing the standard print ballot paper, you can request the use of a tactile voting device to help mark your vote in the correct place. The tactile voting device has a sticky backing, which attaches on the top of your ballot paper. It has numbered lift-up flaps directly over the boxes where you mark your vote. The numbers are raised and in braille. You can request the use of a large print ballot form from the polling station as a guide to follow or ask someone to read out the lists of candidates to you. This can be a companion or polling station staff. The candidates are in alphabetical order. You will need to remember the number of the candidate you wish to vote for. Then lift the flap with the same number and mark your cross in the box. You can then detach the tactile device and fold your ballot paper in half before posting it in the ballot box. Seeing AI apps or video magnifying glasses can also be used in polling stations as a reasonable adjustment in the Equality Act. Please inform the presiding officer in the polling station if you will be using these before you go to the polling booth. We will be training all of our polling station staff on these apps so that they are fully informed on how best to support you in the polling station. If you would prefer to bring a companion with you to assist in voting, as opposed to receiving assistance from a member of staff at the polling station, this is also possible. Your companion must either be a close relative who is aged 18 years or over, or a qualified elector. The voter should ask the permission of the presiding officer to be assisted by their companion. The companion, not the voter, is required by law to complete a simple declaration or declaration to be made by the companion of a voter with disabilities. The companion should fill out the declaration and sign the document. If requested, polling staff can also assist you with marking your ballot paper. Now going to finally move on to cover some key dates for this election. So firstly, if you are not already registered to vote, the easiest way to register to vote is online at gov.uk forward slash register to vote. Or if you live in Wolverhampton, you can call our office and register over the phone on 01902 555177. There are a number of ways to have your say. You can vote in the polling station by post or by appointing somebody you trust to vote on your behalf known as a proxy vote. The deadline to vote by proxy is Tuesday the 25th of April at 5pm. To download the forms to vote by proxy, please visit our website, wolverhampton.gov.uk forward slash elections. Alternatively, you can contact us to request a form be posted out to you on 01902 551177, or you can email us at electoral.services at wolverhampton.gov.uk. If you are unable to make your signature on the postal vote application form due to a disability, then you can contact us to request a signature waiver. And finally, you can find out more about all of this on our website at wolverhampton.gov.uk forward slash elections. Thank you. Up next, we hear from Helen, who of course has for us the Beacon Update. Hi everyone, it's Helen, back with your latest Beacon update. And this week, I am starting with news from our friends at Torch Trust, who have been offering free audio Bibles to people registered blind and partially sighted in the UK. They've just ordered another 1,000 players. So if you or someone you know would like one, call them on 01858 438 260. That's 01858 438 260 between 10am and 4pm Monday to Thursday. Now, our first tandem bike ride of 2023 set off last week and it was fully booked. If you'd like to get in the saddle on the next ride or fancy trying one of our other activities such as bowling or perhaps swimming, get in touch. Call us on 01902 880 
111 or head to our website www.beaconvision.org. Now, here comes the sun. Well, kind of, I guess. The weather's not quite decided whether it's spring or not, I don't think. Well, there's nothing like feeling the warmth of the sun on your face, though, is there, after a cold winter. But here at Beacon, we know that if you've got sight loss, the glare on brighter days can cause real problems. If you want to reduce glare and make life more comfortable, why not try a pair of filter glasses designed especially for people with sight loss? To find out more, call our sight loss advisors on 01902-880-111. Now, last this week, I want to talk to you about a special piece of artwork that's recently gone up at our centre. Why is it special, you might be thinking? Well, it was made by our members. They created the 3D piece, which features clay fish fired in our kiln on site during our lifestyle activity sessions. As it's tactile, it means it's more site-friendly so that others can simply put their hand to the painting and feel what it shows. What a lovely story to finish on. So that's it for this week. I'll be back again soon with another update. Cheers for that update, Helen. Up now, we're our next block of local news. And starting this one off, we first hear Christine. A number of new smart motorways planned for sections of roads in the West Midlands and elsewhere in the country have been scrapped. The government announced the move in response to what it said was a current lack of public confidence and due to cost pressures. So-called smart motorways are areas where technology is used to assess how busy the traffic is and then using the hard shoulder as an extra lane to ease congestion. But critics have said the scheme has led to an increase in deaths with 38 fatalities linked to the smart motorway scheme. Some 14 proposed smart motorways have been scrapped. These include busy stretches of the West Midlands network, including the M40-M42 interchange to the south of Birmingham, the M6 across North Birmingham at junctions 4, Coles Hill, to 5, Castle Bromwich, junctions 5 to 8 for the M5, and black country turnoffs from junction 8 to 10A for the M54, including junctions for Warsaw and Wolverhampton. It also includes the stretch of the M42 to the eastern side of Birmingham from junction 3A for the M40 right up to junction 7 for the M6, so including junctions for Solihull, Coventry and East Birmingham. But the government said existing smart motorways first introduced in 2006, which make up 10% of the motorway network in England, will continue, but will undergo £900 million worth of safety improvements. The safety measures will include the introduction of 150 emergency refuges for drivers to stop, as well as improving stopped vehicle detection technology on all running lanes on a motorway. The construction of future smart motorways was estimated to cost more than £1 billion and the government has said cancelling them will allow more time to track public confidence in smart motorways over a longer period. Dudley has been ranked in the top 10 local authority areas for having the most reported potholes per square mile in England and Wales last year. The town ranked 9th in research carried out by a driving school, with 5,952 potholes reported in 2022, meaning there were more than 9 potholes for each one of the 645 miles of road in the town. 
Wolverhampton ranked 20th with 2,677 potholes reported, more than five per mile of the city's road. Wolverhampton Council said coming out of winter into spring, potholes tend to become exposed and the authority continues to work to repair potholes as it becomes aware of them. A spokesman added, Wolverhampton Council takes the repair of potholes extremely seriously as we are aware of the issues that they can cause. Our highways engineers routinely inspect the condition of the city's roads to identify any defects and take appropriate action. Following reports of an issue, inspectors will attend the site and any problems identified will be raised for repair in accordance with the council's procedures. Motoring experts at Bill Plant Driving School submitted freedom of information requests to all local authorities in England and Wales, asking for the total number of potholes reported in 2022, as well as the number of potholes repaired by the council. Government figures were used to calculate the miles of road network in each local authority area. A spokesman for the driving school said, Potholes are a blight on tarmac roads, characterised by depressions and cracks in the road surface, negatively impacting road users for decades. Whether you are just beginning driving lessons or are an experienced motorist, potholes can affect your journeys as they are uncomfortable, damage vehicles and can increase journey times. It is not just drivers that potholes impact. They are even more of a menace for cyclists, horses and pedestrians as it is very easy to trip up over one, which risks falls and the injuries associated with them. Consequently, they must be promptly identified and filled in, work which is usually undertaken by local councils in England and Wales. To view the report, visit billplant.co.uk slash blog slash pothole hyphen report hyphen 2022. A car driver taking his new motor home from Tipton had a fright when he found a snake slithering around inside. The man had bought the car in Tipton and was travelling to Melton Mowbray before spotting the snake hanging from the dashboard as he drove along the A38 at Willington. The driver phoned Linjoy Wildlife Sanctuary and Rescue in Burton-upon-Trent, who sent staff to collect it. A spokesman for the sanctuary said, We were called after a gentleman was delivering a car to Melton Mowbray from a car dealership in Tipton. He had pulled over at the services on the A38 near Willington after he noticed a corn snake hanging from the dashboard. A member of staff met the driver to retrieve the snake, but it had slithered off under the seat amongst the metalwork and couldn't be grabbed. The driver was convinced to continue to Burton, where equipment was found to remove the seat from its fittings. However, the snake then hid back in the car when rescuers tried to remove it. The spokesman added the carpet, plastic trims and the passenger side seat all had to be removed to get access as it ended up going inside the interior and wrapping itself around the electric looms. With me securing the tail end and midsection, Mark finally got to the head and despite the snake trying to bite him, the snake was encouraged out. Everything was put back in place and secured again and the gentleman was able to continue his journey. Luckily, the customer was very understanding. I'm sure they wouldn't want a snake with their purchase. Mystery remains how the snake ended up in the car after the dealership claims they did not know it was there. The spokesman added, no one seems to know how it ended up in the vehicle. The car was at a dealership in Tipton and was valeted a few days before locally. It was then driven from the dealer, presumably with the snake hitching a ride. The snake was very cold and must have been in there for a few days. He's now doing well and is much more active and has an attitude. 
Telephone kiosks in Wolverhampton city centre are to be replaced by free-to-use digital street hubs, providing ultra-fast public and encrypted Wi-Fi, access to public services and a range of local information. In line with the city's ongoing conversion to the provision of full 5G internet, phone booths in Litchfield Street, Dudley Street and outside the Woolfront Centre are amongst the first to be replaced by the new BT infrastructure, which will all have 75-inch touch-use screens, better Wi-Fi range, environmental monitoring and expanded mobile network. The new hubs that are being rolled out are designed to provide the community with a range of easy-to-use services, including ultra-fast public and encrypted Wi-Fi, secure power-only USB ports for rapid device charging, free phone calls, a direct 999 call button, awareness messaging and environmental sensors to measure air quality, noise and traffic. A BT report to City Council planners who gave the go-ahead for the new hubs this week said, BT is moving public connectivity forward. We're evolving the payphone estate further with a move to street hubs, a sleek modern answer to the demands of a digitally connected, converged media society. Street hubs are smaller than comparable street furniture and they give 876 hours of free council advertising per unit per year, direct access to charities through the use of the dedicated charity icon on the fully accessible interactive tablet, a community notice board with over 1,000 hours of content per year and the street hub team can work with local groups to promote events and activities. Our approach to planning is to be collaborative with councils wherever possible, working closely with relevant stakeholders to identify suitable sites for street hubs and to select which payphones are to be removed. It added, street hubs are freestanding structures featuring a fully accessible tablet interface and digital HD display screens on two sides. The screens display content at 10 second intervals, both the commercial content that funds the service as well as a wide range of local community and council content. Now it's time to test your knowledge as we have the quiz questions for this edition and they're brought to us by Mina. Hello and welcome to this week's Flashback Quiz. All the answers you need can be found later in Flashback Rogers' Did You Know feature. But for now, these are your questions. Here we go. Question 1. What did Nintendo first sell? Question 2. In what year was the first video camera recorder made? Question 3. In ancient time, what was used as currency in Central South America? Question 4. How much would you pay to buy a wife in ancient Bantu culture? Question 5. Name the inventor who created the chocolate chip cookie. And finally, question 6. The Colosseum in Rome was built next to a huge statue of which emperor? I will be back with you with the answers later in the show. But for now, best of luck. Just those questions, Mina. I'll get my mind working on those. 
Up now, however, it's another block of local news. Highs and lows of almost a century of Speedway in Wolverhampton. The winds were bracing, but those who turned out experienced a spectacle unlike anything else they had seen before. The high-pitched whine of motorcycle engines was carried by the breeze. A whiff of petrol filled the air. Gravel was sent flying towards the crowds as 23-year-old Jack Parker flung his brakeless motorbike round the bends to take the prize. The 5,000 people who turned out to Wolverhampton's new Monma Green dog track on May the 30th, 1928, were witnessing the birth of a new sport. Motor car racing was well established by this time, but it was very much an elitist sport, the preserve of the wealthy playboy. Motorcycle Speedway was an altogether earthier, grittier experience, literally, with a palpable sense of jeopardy. Now, 95 years on, the days of Speedway at Monmore Green look to be at an end. Entain Group, which owns the track, has informed Wolverhampton Wolves their tenancy agreement will not be extended beyond the end of this season. This means the last races will be held on October the 31st, leaving the club to potentially face the same fate as former rivals Cradley Heath, who never recovered after being forced to quit the Dudley Wood Stadium in 1995. The bombshell news, which sent shockwaves through the sport, was delivered to longtime Wolves promoter Chris van Straten by Entain executives at a meeting last month. Generations of Speedway fans have enjoyed the high-octane sport in Wolverhampton for nearly a 100 years, and fans are angry this could come to an end due to betting firm Etain's desire to increase greyhound racing on the track. A spokesman for City of Wolverhampton Council said, This is sad news for Speedway fans in Wolverhampton, and it would be disappointing for the city if it were to lose the team. We have reached out to the club and will meet to understand its requirement. Although it may be difficult to find a new home, we will work with them to explore any possible options. Ex-apprentices of Bolton Paul Aircraft are calling for a gathering of all their old mates for a final reunion this summer. The reunion of former aviation workers will take place on July the 18th and the search is on for surviving former employees who worked at the company between 1934 and its closure in 2013. Ron Gregory, who emigrated to Australia after leaving the firm, is organising a series of events for the reunion, which will be held on July the 18th. Appealing to Express and Star readers, Ron said, Our last get-together was in August 2009, and our ageing members hope to meet again before the inevitable demise. As you would expect, many contact details have changed over these years, so we need to re-establish contact with those who remain in or around Wolverhampton. All past apprentices and interested parties from Bolton Pool Aircraft are invited to join us at a final gathering in late July 2023. Over the day, we shall attend the Cosford Cold War Museum and Michael Beeson Restoration Hangars, followed by a social evening at the old BPA Social Club on Wobaston Road, Fort Houses. We have over 60 registrations of interest and we ask of anyone yet to register to please do so at ronandjillian at opusnet.com.au and all details will be forwarded to them. We also ask for this information to be passed on to any contacts one may have related to the event. Bolton and Paul could trace its history back to an ironmonger's shop in Norwich, which was opened by William Moore in 1797. However, when the First World War began, the company began helping the war effort. 
Bolton Paul Aircraft Limited moved to a new factory in Pendiford in 1934 and a training school was also set up in Cannock. The company produced one of the war's most iconic planes, the Defiant Bomber Destroyer, which helped destroy German Luftwaffe bombers over the skies of Great Britain. The first Defiant was built in 1937, and though they were overtaken by more manoeuvrable aircraft like the German Messerschmitt and British Spitfire, the Defiant continued to help the war effort in a variety of roles. During the Second World War, the factory manufactured 25,000 turrets and more than 1,000 aircrafts were used in the effort. At its height, more than 5,000 people worked at the company, which had its own sports ground in Ford Houses, where employees could play cricket, football and tennis. Celebrations took place at West Midlands Safari Park as the attraction turned 50. For half a century, the Safari Park has welcomed over 30 million visitors, bringing them closer to nature and inspiring the next generation of conservationists. The park first opened its doors on April 17, 1973, and since then, hundreds of species, many of which are classed as endangered, have lived there, including elephants, rhinos, lions, tigers and giraffes. Head of Wildlife Angela Potter has been at the park for 43 years, making her the longest-serving member of staff. She said, we are very excited that 2023 is our 50th anniversary and who better to join in the celebrations than all our lovely animals. Throughout this special year, we will be providing them with animal-friendly cakes, presents and lots of enrichment to ensure we are celebrating our wildlife too. Many of the animals who live at the park today were born there and are part of breeding groups for endangered species. This includes ring-tailed lemur Bakari, who turned 10 last week. To celebrate, keepers treated Bakari and his troops to some birthday presents, which the lemurs loved unwrapping and investigating. Meanwhile, over on the safari, the Indian rhinos have been treated to a huge birthday cake, covered in their favourite tasty treats. The Indian rhinos first came to the park in 2010 and are another conservation success story with the first calf, Inesh, born in 2020. Inesh will soon be moving to another wildlife collection to hopefully start a family of his own. The Budley attraction has an exciting history from the moment it was officially opened by famous Hollywood actress Sophia Loren to a troop of 130 baboons escaping to spend the night in the local town, all in the first two years of opening. All 130 were returned. Managing director Chris Kelly joined the park in 2020, but as a local lad, he has been visiting for over 40 years. He has some fond memories of when he used to visit in the early days. He said, When the park first opened, records noted a total of 447 animals, including a turkey, 14 fish tanks and a guard dog. Thankfully, 50 years on, our current residents are a lot more exciting and we are proud that we house over 120 species with more than 1,000 individual animals. I've seen many changes since being a guest, but none more so than the three years I've been MD. We've upgraded many of the animal habitats and facilities, donated thousands to conservation charities, welcomed new species such as red pandas, and we've introduced on-site accommodation so guests can stay with us overnight for the first time in our history. 
We have more exciting future developments planned and I truly believe that the work we are doing now is building a legacy for our incredible animals, especially for those at threat in the wild. It wouldn't be possible without the continuous support from our guests. So I would like to thank everyone who has visited us over the last 50 years. Here's to the next 50. As well as the animals, the park is including guests in the celebrations with a whole host of events, giveaways and offers. Later in the year, the park will be hosting a conservation dinner with award-winning TV presenter Michaela Strachan to raise money for its five conservation partners. Who are they? A man who bought a camera from a Wolverhampton charity shop was amazed to discover pictures of a family taken almost 60 years ago. The mystery family are photographed next to a mini. Rupert Brunn bought the Zeiss icon last month from Compton Care for £135, although the camera enthusiast believes it would have cost around £880 when it was made between 1951 and 1953. Inside the camera was a roll of film, which Rupert developed to find four pictures featuring the same family and what is presumed to be their car. Further photos show children photographed in the Mini standing with individuals who are presumed to be their grandparents as well as a photo of a woman standing in front of Warwick Castle. The 63-year-old used the photographs to discover which year they were likely to have been taken as many feature a Mini with a number plate that was registered to an address in Wolverhampton in 1965. Rupert, who has been taking pictures as a hobby since he was five, said, It intrigued me really because it was quite an expensive camera back in the day and you only have eight pictures on a roll of film of this kind and they had taken five and wound it up to take a sixth. It's quite a sad story really. I can't help feeling there is a personal tragedy in here. Why didn't someone connected to the family get the film developed? It's a real mystery. Because there were a few pictures of the Mini, I assumed it was a new car and that's why they were taking pictures of it. So I looked it up online to see where it was registered and when. I didn't know I would get any pictures at all as the camera had been opened and light had gotten in. But when I finished developing it and took out the roll of film and held it up, I was amazed to find out there were pictures. Rupert from Kent is now hoping to discover who the youngsters are in the photographs and has said he would love to reunite the old pictures with the family members. He added, I suspect the children were seven or nine years old in the pictures, so they are going to be in their mid to late 60s maybe now. I just think it would be lovely to let them see the pictures taken of them 58 years ago and to find out a little bit about them and who this mystery woman is standing outside Warwick Castle. Next up, we have the Lifestyle Newsletter for May, providing you with all the information of the goings-on, events and activities happening here at the Beacon Centre. lovely people i hope you're okay it's the beacon lifestyle newsletter for may 2023 i hope you're all ready for a month of bank holidays yay i am very excited about the coronation i think it's going to be an absolutely amazing event to witness good luck to everyone doing the beacon color room absolutely fabulous i know lots of you are training for it and fingers crossed the football season finishes how you want it to all souls 
Would you like to book onto any of my activities or chat to me about future sessions? Drop in and see me on Wednesday the 3rd of May between 10 and 10.30 in the Residence Lounge at Beacon Court. And just to remind you, if you'd like to receive this newsletter in a different format, just let me know, lovelies. Take care. Bye. Monthly sessions for May. Thursday the 4th of May, book club at the Beacon Centre Sedgley in the Residence Lounge. 11am to 12pm. Cost is £2 invoiced by Beacon. A relaxed, fun group discussing the latest books we've read. Share ideas and thoughts over a brew. Wednesday the 10th of May. Swimming at Bert Williams Centre, Bilston. WV 14 0EF. 10.45 to 11.45am. We have a private lane just for Beacon users. All abilities are welcome. Trip cost is £6 invoiced by Beacon. The minibus costs £5 and departs at 10.15am and returns at 1pm to the Beacon. Lockers are £1 or a trolley coin. Friday the 12th of May. Walking the north way surrounding fields, roads and exploring the area. This walk is on pavements, hills, fields and nearby busy roads. Leaving Beacon at 11am, the walk should take approximately two hours. Beacon Coffee Bar will be open upon return. The cost is £2 invoiced by Beacon, weather permitting. Monday the 15th of May. Tandem bike ride at Bobbington Airport and the surrounding country roads. DY7 5DY. 10.30am to 1pm. Bikes are provided and there will be experienced lead riders present to support you. Trip costs £3, invoiced by Beacon. Minibus costs £7, departing at 10am and returning at 1.30pm to the Beacon, weather permitting. Friday the 19th of May. 10-pin bowling at Castlegate, Dudley. DY1, 4TA. 11am to 1pm. All abilities are welcome with a friendly, fun atmosphere for social bowling. The trip cost is £2, invoiced by Beacon. £6.45 for games, paying at the bowling alley on the day. Minibus costs £5, departs at 10.30am and returns at 2pm. Monday the 22nd of May, we have another swimming session at Bert Williams Centre, Bilston, WV 14 0EF, 10.45 to 11.45am. The trip cost is £6, invoiced by Beacon, minibus costs £5 and departs at 10.15am, returning at 1pm. Lockers are a pound or a trolley token. Friday the 26th of May, walking around West Park, Wolverhampton, WV1 4SQ, from 11am to 12 for a leisurely walk and 12 till 1pm for a catch-up in the cafe. Take it at your own pace and distance on a paved flat route. We'll meet at the Connaught Gate entrance. Trip costs £2, invoiced by Beacon. Minibus costs £5 and departs at 10.30am, returning at 1.30pm. Volunteer guides are available. Wednesday the 31st of May. Mary's Movement Class. A seated stroke standing class working the whole body with cardio, weights and strength to your ability. It's fun, friendly fitness with music of your choice from 10.30 to 11.30am, based in the gym at Beacon. 
The class cost is £4.50 in Boyce by Beacon. Please note there have been some price and time changes for some activities and all activities must still be booked in advance. What's on this month? Wednesday 3rd of May, Bridge North Garden Centre, Bridge North Road, Shipley, Wolverhampton, WV6, 7EJ, 11am to 2pm. Trip cost is £2, invoiced by Beacon. Everyone is welcome to come along and have a browse around the garden centre and the many shops on site. Finishing off with a spot of lunch in the restaurant. Minibus cost is £5, departs at 10.30am and returns at 2.30pm. Free car parking if you're meeting us at the garden centre. Monday 15th of May, we'll be cooking up a treat at the Beacon Lifestyle Centre, 2pm to 4pm. On the menu for you to rustle up this session shall be either a vegetable soup or a vegetable curry. All ingredients shall be provided. Just remember to bring a tub so you can take it home with you. Cost is £10 per session. Wednesday 17th of May. Fishing is back at the Albrighton Moat, Blue House Lane, Albrighton, WV7 3FL. 11am to 2pm. Equipment bait and an experienced coach are all included. Dates are as follows. 17th of May, 21st of June, 5th of July, 2nd of August, 16th of August and 30th of August. Individual sessions cost £10 each, but to welcome the return of fishing, we have a special offer of £30 for six fishing trips. When you book, please state which option you would like. Minibus cost is £7, departs at 10.30am and returns at 2.30pm to Beacon. All costs invoiced by Beacon. Monday, 22nd of May, there'll be more cooking sessions at the Beacon Lifestyle Centre, 2pm to 4pm, with egg fried rice or speedy pizzas on the menu. All ingredients shall be provided. Just remember to bring a tub so you can take it home with you. Cost is £10 per session. Please note there have been some price and time changes for some activities. All activities must still be booked in advance. VIP group. We are a group of working age people and or people who live independently with sight loss that meet once a month for social gathering. We're a friendly bunch. We like to try new activities, build friendships and encourage others to live life to the full. On Wednesday, the 31st of May, we have the West Midlands Police popping in at the Beacon Coffee Bar from 6pm to 8pm. They will be taking time out to talk to us about home security, street crime, stalking, abuse, fraud crimes, online and hate crimes. The activity cost is £3 invoiced by Beacon. What happened last month? Well, to great success and interest, We had a wonderful trip exploring the 26 acres of reconstructed shops, pubs and houses and the Black Country Museum with an historical character walk showcasing what it was like to live and work in one of the first industrialised landscapes in Britain. There was plenty of Easter fun too at the Beacon Centre with cakes and crafts of bonnets and bunnies. Beacon are having a low vision sale day on Tuesday the 23rd of May. We'll have lighting, magnifiers, filter glasses, clocks, TV glasses, all sorts of low vision equipment on sale 
from old stock and donated items. So, if you'd like to grab yourself a bit of a bargain with some low vision equipment that may be able to help you in everyday life, why not pop down to our low vision centre here at the Beacon Centre on Tuesday the 23rd of May between 10am and 2pm for our low vision equipment sale. Are you interested in wandering around and exploring the Black Country Museum in June? Or how about a line dancing class in Stourbridge? On special invitation from a local dance instructor, this activity is open to everyone to join the regulars that attend on a Tuesday morning in June. Mary's one-on-one guided walks are now available for booking too. Mary can arrange to travel out to support you for a 60-minute walk where you live. Various days and times available, £22 per hour, invoiced by Beacon. Please contact Mary directly on 01902 880111 or mspears at beaconvision.org. A one-to-one service provided by Amanda is also available. Anyone living at the Beacon or in the community who feels they need extra support, such as with a trip to the hospital, sorting out finances or helping to organise personal details, can contact Beacon to book a slot to receive help from Amanda. And last but not least, we have the Petting Zoo. The six-week course starts again in June, running every Wednesday from 7th of June through to 12th July at 1.30 until 2.30 p.m. Hiya! May's Meet the Staff is Pete Moody. He started as a volunteer in 2010 and has since then worked in the community engagement and training. Pete is a sight loss advisor and he answers all the referrals for advice and support, not only through beacon services and low vision equipment, but advice on anything, statutory support and other organisations who can help you. He also delivers sight loss awareness training, both internally and to any outside organisations. Along with talks to the community, he helps raise awareness and highlights the issues faced through sight loss. Along with his colleague Mina, he delivers living well with sight loss courses for people who are struggling with sight loss what he most enjoys is a chance to meet people help them not only like i said with sight loss but through advice or low vision equipment he previously worked in local government newspapers and media and outside of work he is a massive rules fan although that's not the easiest pastime to have he also enjoys going for walks and either although his diy skills could be better he somehow manages to keep his home in check if you are struggling with reading or sunlight low vision advice has a range of equipment to try and help so please don't hesitate and call them on appointment on 01902 880 111 thank you Sedgley Lifestyle Centre. We are open Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday from 10am to 3pm at our base in Sedgley. We run several activities each day, including cookery, crafting, pottery, computer work, gym sessions, listening to music, quizzes and reminiscing. We keep well hydrated with tea, coffee and water and we have the restaurant to attend to for a hot meal if we don't bring our sandwiches with us. We are lively, fun and love to have a laugh. Why not come and join us for a trial day.
We have Terry coming in on Thursday, the 26th of April, to play his guitar and sing. And we have Austin coming in on Thursday, the 11th of May, to play his violin. Contact Beacons Reception and ask for more information. You can call us on 01902-880-111 or email inquiries at beaconvision.org. Stourbridge Lifestyle Centre. Stourbridge Lifestyle Centre is open every Thursday from 9am to 2pm. We are based in the Mary Stevens Centre, our homely base. We are a small, friendly group that are looking for new members to join us. We love our different quizzes and listening to music from the 1940s right through to more recent chart toppers whilst enjoying a good cup of tea or coffee. We are lucky to have a wonderful cafe on site, so if we don't bring our lunch, we can choose from a variety of hot or cold dishes. We love to talk and communicate and chat about our pets, hobbies and trips out. A day at Stourbridge Lifestyle would usually begin at 9am to 10am with a warm welcome tea, coffee and catch-up. From 10am until 12, there's plenty of crafts, quizzes and music. From 12 until 1, we all enjoy some lunch. From 1 to 2, there are more fun and games like bingo. Would you like to join us for a free trial day? Contact Beacon on 01902-880-111 and we can arrange it. It would be great to meet you. And finally, just a quick reminder, there is still accommodation at Beacon Course. Beacon Court is located in Sedgley, just a short distance from Wolverhampton City Centre. We have parks, local shops and public transport links right on our doorstep, offering you comfort, security and convenience alongside the independent living and a wide variety of choices. Each home has its own front door, individual access card, two bedrooms, a store, a wet shower room a lounge with kitchen and appliances, gas central heating, UVBC glazed windows. Beacon provides a 24-7 care site on team to deal with any emergencies 365 days a year. And there's a pull cord in each apartment that you help raise an emergency. You also get a 30-minute-a-week wellbeing post call from either Suki or Amanda, and they help go through things like your post, paying bills, and just giving you some extra support. If you or you know of anyone else who might be interested, please call Bromford on 01902 882 170 to speak to the scheme manager. Regarding getting in touch with Beacon, we have our website, which is www.beaconvision.org, Facebook at Beacon Centre, Twitter at Beacon Centre, Instagram at Beacon Vision. Our main address for the building in Sedgley is Wolverhampton Road East, WV46AZ. Our centre in Starbridge is Mary Stevens Centre, 221 Hagley Road, Starbridge, DY82JP. And don't forget, if you want to opt out of receiving this newsletter, please contact The Beacon on 01902 880 111. Have a fabulous month. Coming up next on this week's edition of the Black Country Talking News, we have another block of local news. Street parties for the King's coronation across the West Midlands where everyone is welcome. A list has been compiled by local organisations of all the public street parties and events that have been announced so far in the region. 
Some events include huge fates, whilst others are smaller affairs with neighbours arranging road closures and bringing tables, chairs and bunting into their streets. There will be live screenings of the ceremony and the King's Concert too. Parks, pubs, churches and community halls will be decorated in red, white and blue. You can just turn up to most of the public events throughout the weekend, which runs from May the 6th to the 8th. But do check if any require pre-booking. We wouldn't want you to miss out on any afternoon tea. Brinton Park Coronation Fete in Kidderminster, 7th of May 2023 from 12 to 7pm. Brinton Park, Sutton Road, Kidderminster, DY11 7BB. The Friends of Brinton Park are planning a huge family fete for all the community, featuring bouncy castles, live music, food and local stalls. There will also be traditional cream teas to celebrate the coronation of King Charles. Find out more via the Friends of Brinton Park Facebook page. Big lunch weekender at the Hop Garden Harborn, 6th and 7th of May 2023 from 1pm. 19 Metchley Lane, Harborn, Birmingham, B170HT. There's a big lunch party taking place at the Hop Garden in Harborn on May 6th and 7th. People are invited to bring their own picnics to celebrate the coronation. Look out for a screening of the coronation on the Saturday from 1pm, followed by a live six-piece band from 4pm to 6pm. Then there will be a screening of the King's Concert on the Sunday. Find out more via the Hop Garden Facebook page. Coronation Picnic at the Swan in Tettenhall, 6th of May 2023 from midday. The Swan Pub, Lower Road, Tetnor, Wolverhampton, WV6 9AA. The Swan is hosting a Coronation Big Lunch to give the local community the opportunity to come together to celebrate this momentous occasion. People are invited to join the street party, enjoy the music and entertainment. Everyone is welcome. Big Coronation Weekend in Centenary Square, 6th and 7th of May 2023, Centenary Square, Birmingham. There will be a weekend of free events in Centenary Square, including a giant screen to watch the ceremony from Westminster Abbey from 11am, as Birmingham City Council pledges to host a party fit for a king with an outdoor stage and live entertainment. Get ready for fun fair with rides for all the family, street entertainment and picnic areas, plus plenty of tempting food and drink. Look out for the choirs, dance troops, tribute artists and more until 9pm on the Saturday. On the Sunday, the King's Concert will be shown live on the big screen from 1pm and there will be lots more entertainment too. Crowning Celebrations in Bromsgrove 6th of May 2023, Stourbridge Road, Fairfield, Bromsgrove, B61 9LZ. The coronation will be live streamed at Fairfield Village Hall on May the 6th so that everyone can come together to watch. No need to book. Then on May the 7th, there will be afternoon tea at the hall. Booking required. Then a live stream of the King's concert will take place in the evening with a licensed bar. No booking required. Big Help Out projects will be taking place on Monday, May the 8th too. Party in the Park at Dartmouth Park, 5th of May 2023 from 12 till 2pm. Dartmouth Park, Reform Street, West Bromwich, B71 4AS. 
Get ready for a party in the park to celebrate the new king. There will be gentle exercise sessions, yoga sessions, music, bangara drums and sport activities. There will also be a buffet with food and drinks. Organised by Breakthrough CIC, the event is for the South Asian women who attend weekly holistic groups throughout the area, but is public and open for all. Wollaskirt and Pedmore Big Lunch, 7th of May 2023 from 12pm to 5pm. Wollaskirt Scout Hall, The Queensway, Pedmore, Starbridge, DY9, 9HG. There's entertainment, food and music planned for the Wollaskirt and Pedmore Big Lunch. Look out for special coronation activities and games and even a spot of karaoke too. Get ready to party at Kingsbury Water Park. A weekend of celebrations and fun is being planned with circus entertainment for all ages, including face painting, circus skills workshops and magicians. Look out for a British market with stallholders selling locally produced goods and artisan products. There will also be a royal themed trail where children can search for clues and participants who complete the trail will be entered into a prize draw to win a toy swan. People are invited to bring their own picnics or indulge in burgers, ice cream and more from the stands. The on-site cafe will also be open and steam train rides will be operating as normal. African Salsa, 6th and 7th of May 2023, URC, Holly Lane Community Hall, Holly Lane, Birmingham, B249JS. This is a big lunch event with an African salsa vibe. The whole community is invited to a two-day event to celebrate the coronation of the king. Taking place at URC Holly Lane Community Hall, there will be Afro salsa and samba dance and music on Saturday, May the 6th from 4.30pm to 6pm. And then a coronation lunch from 3pm to 5pm on Sunday, May the 7th. El Bethel Mission is a faith-based charitable organization in Birmingham which strives to promote awareness and understanding of African and Latin American culture. Open to the public, no need to book. Music for Youth in Cannon Hill Park, 8th of May 2023. Cannon Hill Park, Birmingham, West Midlands, B129QH. Young musicians are coming together in bandstands across England to celebrate the King's coronation. There will be a Music for Youth event at the MAC Outdoor Theatre in Cannon Hill Park on May 8th. People are invited to bring friends, family and picnics to enjoy the music and the fun. Funded by Arts Council England and made possible thanks to National Lottery players, the Coronation Bandstand Project will see thousands of young musicians perform on bandstands in public parks across all nine regions in England. Look out for dance, musical theatre and spoken word too. Coronation Spring Fair in Wensbury, 6th of May 2023 from 10am. Centre for Oneness, Potters Lane, Wensbury. WS107LL. There will be a charity spring fair with stalls, food and refreshments at the Centre for Oneness in Wensbury on May the 6th. Look out for a bouncy castle, face painting, bangra dancing, henna threading, tombola raffles and more. There will also be live coverage of the ceremony too. 
St. Matthew's Big Coronation Weekend in Walsall, 5th of May 2023. St. Matthew's Church, St. Matthew's Close, Walsall, WS1 3DG. People are invited to come together at St. Matthew's Church in Walsall for a big coronation weekend of events. Up now, it's trivia time. Brought to us by Flashback Roger and his Did You Know feature. Hello again everyone. Hope that you're all okay and feeling more relaxed now that the weather's a bit more cheerful for us. Anyway, here goes with yet another dose of amazing items for you to dazzle your friends with. So now, did you know that? Well, we've all heard of Sony and the like, but Nintendo, which was founded in 1889, has been around long before computers. So what did they sell? Well, from 1889 to 1956, Nintendo was a playing card company. They still manufacture playing cards in Japan, and even have a bridge tournament called the Nintendo Cup. When the first VCR video camera recorder was made in 1956, it was the size of a piano, way bigger than I would have guessed. It used one inch wide tape and cost 50,000 US dollars, so it was only affordable by TV corporations, large companies and governments. The first affordable TV recorder for domestic use appeared in 1975 by JVC and by Sony in 1977. The machines cost around 3,000 pounds in today's money, and the blank tapes would have cost you 20 quid. The famous Colosseum in Rome was originally known as the Amphitheatrum Flavium, or Flavian Amphitheatre, as it was constructed during the Flavian dynasty. Residents of Rome named it the Colosseo, because it was built next to the 164-foot statue of Emperor Nero, known as the Colossus of Nero. Cocoa beans were a favoured form of currency in Central America, first used by the Mayan people as a barter material in exchange for things such as food and clothing. Then in the 1500s, when Spain colonised most of Central America, the cocoa bean was introduced to the world and exported globally. Due to the low yield of the cocoa plant though, the beans became a rare commodity with a high price tag. And while we're talking about weird currencies, Definitely one of the stranger ones on the list by a long shot is that of the Baffia potato mashers. They were used in an ancient form of currency in trading in Baffia. Now Baffia, as we all know I'm sure, is a province of Cameroon and is a home of the Bantu people. In ancient Baffia culture, a wife could be purchased for the price of 30 potatoes. Now then, who knows where the recipe for chocolate chip cookies comes from? Well, actually, nobody does. One suggestion is that Ruth Wakefield, the creator of chocolate chip cookies, ran out of nuts for the ice cream cookies and used chocolate instead. Others suggest chocolate chunks accidentally fell into the mixer. But the true story has never been confirmed. And if Ruth did know, she ain't telling. Well, I must say that I do enjoy these mixed bags of quips. Variety is the spice of life, or so they say. Any road up, I'm off. And this week, talking of variety, I shall have me a wagon wheel. And a Kit Kat this week with my cup of tea. Talk about daring. The SAS have got nothing on me, I can tell you. Till next week then, I'll say bye for now. Ta-ra a bit. Ta-ra. Up now, we have to hear what the webfast in store for us. Brought to us as always, by Mina. 
The weather for this week ahead is forecast to be rather unsettled with some sunny intervals but plenty of showers. Temperatures are also forecast to be below average at around 12 degrees. UV levels are expected to fluctuate between low and medium as we go through the week and see longer spells of sunshine. The sunrise and sunset times are 5.35am for the sunrise and 8.35pm for the sunset. For Friday 28th of April, A is forecast to be wet with a small chance of sunshine breaking through the thick cloud. With a moderate breeze, temperatures will struggle to get close to 12 degrees. The spell of rain looks set to remain with us throughout the bank holiday weekend, with Saturday providing the better chance of dodging any rainfall, although it will remain overcast. With just a gentle breeze and some sunny spells in places, temperatures over the weekend may sneak up to somewhere around 14 degrees. On to next week and the unsettled weather will continue to dominate with plenty of sharp April showers carrying over into the start of May. It is forecast for rain to remain in the region from Monday 1st of May and continue right through to Thursday 4th of May, with Tuesday looking like the best day to hang out any washing. The showers are forecast to be persistent all week, but should ease off at times with plenty of sunny intervals breaking through. With just a gentle breeze, temperatures should continue to hover around 14 degrees. So, that's your forecast for this week. Have a lovely long weekend and, as always, enjoy the weather. Cheers for that weather update, Mina. Up now, it's time to find out how our local football teams have been getting on. It's a game of two halves. It's a funny old game, football. Clichés will have been bandied about in many a conversation over the weekend as both black country clubs suffered damaging defeats. For Wolves, their 16-year wait for a win at Leicester goes on after they relinquished a lead to lose 2-1 at the Premier League strugglers. The King Power Stadium has not been a promising venue for Wolves in recent years, having failed to score in their five previous Premier League games there but Mateus Cunha put that to bed when he handed Wolves the lead after 13 minutes. Wolves were in complete control of the contest until, late in the first half, goalkeeper José Sá inexplicably gave away a penalty, allowing the hosts to claw back onto level terms. With that lifeline, the home crowd were buoyed and the hosts found hope, finding that killer blow in the second half as Leicester took all three points. Speaking after the game... Julen Lopetegui believed Wolves' failure to capitalise on their lead was the catalyst for their defeat at Leicester, warning his side to take advantage of their periods of momentum in the crucial forthcoming games. It was replicating sound bites and fortunes for the Baggies and boss Carlos Corberan, who blamed a lack of conviction in front of goal as Sunderland stole a march on the top six with a 2-1 comeback win at the Hawthorns. The defeat dealt a potentially decisive blow upon Albion's playoff hopes as the Black Cats inflicted a first Hawthorns defeat on the hosts in almost six months. John Swift's penalty on the stroke of half-time handed Carlos Corberan's men the lead against the run of play in a crunch top-six meeting. But manager Tony Mowbray returned to haunt a club where he remains so revered as Sunderland climbed above the baggies and up to sixth. 
For Corberan's men, the season-defining home fixture at their Hawthorns fortress was one game too many, and defeat saw the Baggies down in ninth. They are only two points adrift and still boast a game in hand, Wednesday's trip to Sheffield United, but there is no getting away from a huge opportunity lost at home to a rival leaving a mountain to climb. Have you done any good at the quiz this week? Well, now's the time to find out, as we have the quiz answers. Hello, and here are your answers for this week's flashback quiz. Feeling confident? How will you score? Let's see. Question 1. What did Nintendo first sell? And the answer? Playing cards. Question 2. In what year was the first video camera recorder made? And the answer here is 1957. Question 3. In ancient time, what was used as currency in Central South America? And the answer here, of course, is cocoa beans. Question 4. How much would you pay to buy a wife in ancient Bantu culture? And the answer here is 30 potatoes. Question 5. Name the inventor who created the chocolate chip cookie. And the answer? American chef Ruth Wakefield. And finally, question six. The Colosseum in Rome was built next to a huge statue of which emperor? And the answer here is Nero. Did you get them all right? If not, not to worry, as I will be back next week to test you once again. Bye for now. The ceremony to crown King Charles takes place on Saturday the 6th of May. This article, written by Heather and read by Alastair, explains highlights of the day and how a charity is providing free audio and tactile guides to the event for visually impaired children. TNF Soundings Features from across the UK. This is Alastair Hutton with an article written by Heather. The coronation of King Charles III on Saturday the 6th of May is a major ceremonial and state occasion to mark the crowning of the United Kingdom's first new monarch in more than 70 years. Charles acceded to the throne in September 2022 on the death of his mother Queen Elizabeth II, who had reigned since 1952. Now, seven months later, comes the formal coronation ceremony, in which King Charles publicly confirms his oath to uphold the law and the Church of England alongside his Queen Camilla. The ceremony, which starts at 11am, is conducted by the Archbishop of Canterbury and will see items from the crown jewels used for the first time in many decades. These include historic crowns, maces and swords that have formed part of the royal coronations for centuries. The ceremony at Westminster Abbey will be attended by royalty and political leaders from around the world. Processions will use state coaches to transport King Charles and Camilla to and from the coronation ceremony. The trip to the Abbey, known as the King's Procession, will be made in the Diamond Jubilee State Coach, a relatively recent horse-drawn carriage which has modern suspension and air conditioning. 
However, the return procession to Buckingham Palace, known as the Coronation Procession, will be made in the historic Gold State Coach, which has been used in every United Kingdom coronation since 1830. The day will end with the King and the Royal Family appearing on the balcony at Buckingham Palace. The processions and ceremony will be broadcast live on television on the 6th of May, but some of the visual spectacle and rich imagery of this major state occasion may be difficult to grasp for anyone who has a visual impairment. However, help is at hand for blind and visually impaired children, thanks to the charity Living Paintings. The charity is running a project to help bring the coronation to life for visually impaired children by offering thousands of free sensory coronation gifts to young visually impaired people. The project, Coronation the Sensory Experience for Blind Children, has taken key elements from the coronation ceremony, such as the St. Edward's crown, and turned them into tactile raised images. Each comes with a specially recorded audio description that guides little fingers over the feely pictures and provides entertaining commentary, facts and information so that blind and visually impaired youngsters can experience the coronation through touch and sound. The gifts also include the profile portrait of King Charles that will become the iconic image of his reign, bringing blind children face to face with the new king himself. Chief Executive of Living Paintings, Camilla Oldland, said the charity was determined to do something to bring the coronation to life for visually impaired children. The huge scale of the project is a first for the small charity, and the result will be enough coronation keepsakes so that each of the 26,000 visually impaired children in the United Kingdom can benefit. Living Paintings Project has attracted impressive support from Lambeth Palace and the Archbishop of Canterbury the Royal Collection, Government Departments, and Historic Royal Palaces. But more likely to impress the young listeners is the array of well-known voices who have contributed to the audio guides. These include classical actors such as Sir Derek Jacobi, Dame Joanna Lumley, DJ Roman Kemp, and comedians Mel Gedroich and Omid Jalili. One of the star voices is Dame Joanna Lumley, who said, it was a pleasure and privilege to record the audio description of St. Edward's crown and bring the coronation to life for blind children. Now I know that it weighs as much as four tins of baked beans. My respect for His Majesty, already sky-high, becomes stratospheric, knowing that children around the country will be able to see the crown through touch and experience the ceremony better because of the wonderful people at Living Paintings fills me with awe. Family or carers who support blind or visually impaired children at home or at school can register for a free coronation gift for each child at livingpaintings, or one word, livingpaintings.org forward slash coronation. TNS Soundings. So that's it for another edition of the Black Country Talking News. A reminder to our CD listeners who have received CDs in padded envelopes that you don't need to send anything back to us. If you have a sight loss tip or someone you would like to wish happy birthday to, just say hello to. Maybe even a poem or talking book you would like reviewed, then please get in touch with us at the Beacon Centre. Call 01902 880 Email bctn at beaconvision.org or write to us at the Black Country Talking News, Beacon, Wolverhampton Road East, Wolverhampton, WV4 6AZ. We look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for listening 
And thank you to all our supporters, donators and volunteers who without their support will be unable to run this free service. Please note the information and views expressed in this recording does not necessarily represent the views of Beacon or Talking News and were accurate at the time of recording. Mentions of goods and services does not imply endorsement and whilst every care is taken to supply accurate information, Beacon and Talking News do not undertake liability for any errors. So it's goodbye from all of us. Stay safe. Have a good week and we look forward to bringing you next week's edition of the Black Country Talking News. Ta-ra!